the value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. Welcome to this 91 Investment Views 2023 podcast. With me is Ian Cunningham, who's co-head of multi-asset growth at 91 in London. Ian, the 2022 year, which is drawing to a close, has been particularly unpleasant for most asset classes and then probably most asset managers as well. Do you see that unpleasantness continuing next year or is there light at the end of the tunnel? I think when we look at this year, I think you can characterise this year for developed markets as broadly being a reset in valuations, where we've seen sort of a rise in cash rates and bond yields and central banks have moved to fight inflation. And that's obviously placed material downward pressure on equity multiples. Now, actually, under the surface, kind of earnings in the developed world have remained quite strong and reasonably robust. On the other side of the world, in Asia, however, we've seen a lot of market weakness, which is been driven by a number of factors, but largely it's been driven by multiple compression and earnings weakness as a function of all the tightening that China did sort of a year before developed market central banks kicked in. So the big question for us as we head into next year for developed market asset prices is what is going to be the impact of all of this tightening that we've seen this year, because it obviously has a six to 12 month lag on it. Yes. And I think if we if we sort of cut to the chase on that, I mean, ultimately, we believe the odds are somewhat stacked against a soft landing in developed market economies, just given the sheer pace and magnitude of hiking cycles. Historically, when you have such big speed and magnitude of those hiking cycles, they tend to be followed by a harder landing for economies. In your first answer, you used the word reset. Was it a necessary reset for certain asset classes? Yes, I think if you looked at expected returns coming into this year, so sort of our capital market assumptions, and what was quite obvious coming into this year was that all of the liquidity that central banks have provided through the COVID shock, coupled with all of the fiscal stimulus, had led to a serious compression of the risk frontier or the efficient frontier where government bond yields were exceptionally low and multiples and equity markets were very high. So sort of expected returns have been flattened across the curve. So in effect, we've borrowed some returns from the future. And as you see that sort of reset of bond yields then rising and equity multiples coming in, you're starting to rebuild risk premium within within markets back to more sensible levels. Okay, you've already mentioned that there's a lag between the current policies being employed by central banks, for example, of six to 12 months. But markets are very good at discounting beyond six to 12 months as well. So what do you think the main themes of 2023 will be? And what are the risks that you haven't already mentioned? Yes, yeah, so I think in terms of the things that are on the immediate horizon over the next six to 12 months, I think obviously the most likely thing is given the, as we say, the speed and magnitude of these hiking cycles in the developed world, we're likely to see a pretty solid slowdown and most likely a recession, we think, in our view, in the developed world. I think China has its challenges and obviously we're seeing a lot of negative price action in Asia at the moment linked to the sort of extension of zero COVID policies, coupled with sort of the consolidation of power with President Xi. But we do see in China there is, after they did a lot of tightening through 2021, this year has been a year of easing to stabilise the economy. They have been pushing a new credit cycle through. They've been walking back on many macro prudential measures on the real estate market and sort of regulation uh, is beginning to go more quiet as they seek to sort of rebuild confidence in the economy. So we think next year for China could be one of more of a recovery for that economy. And I think when we think about what the implications are for asset markets in terms of the big moves this year has been equities lower, bond yields higher, and the US dollar's notable strength. I think next year we probably see bond yields begin to peak as we see evidence of emerging economic weakness. We're already seeing that in some 
peripheral economies, we believe, within the, the developed world, we'll likely see equity markets make a bottom as it becomes obvious that the slowdown has taken place. As you say, they're obviously forward discounting mechanisms. And we think ultimately the US dollar will probably peak next year when the Fed signals at some point later next year that inflation is heading towards its goal. Okay, we've had a sort of slightly negative start to the podcast, but let's finish it on a positive if we can, because using your counter-cyclical approach, where are you likely to see opportunities next year, 2023? And what do you think the best way to access them will be? So I think when we look at this year, we would say, opportunities have already begun to emerge. So I think we mentioned rates markets. So obviously, government bond yields have risen considerably across the board. And usually what happens is when you move into a period or a regime where you see negative growth and negative inflation impulses, which we will likely potentially see through the first half of next year, that's usually a good time to be beginning to take on risk in government bonds. And we're doing that in select areas, particularly in areas where there's notable vulnerability to, to higher interest rates. And one of the main areas of globally is in housing markets where considerable leverage has been taken on in the last decade. So these are countries like Australia, Canada, New Zealand, South Korea, as well as some of the Scandinavian economies. So we're seeing their housing markets turn down quite quickly already as a function of higher interest rates. And so we're buying long in bonds in those markets. And when we get signal that the US is beginning to slow down, we will further expand our exposure to those markets, given they're obviously influenced by, by treasury yields as, as well. I think beyond rates markets into currencies. So we've benefited from a long dollar view. I think as we move into next year, if we see growth slowing, if we see the Federal Reserve looking like they will will pivot at some point, um, we see a big opportunity potentially in the Japanese yen, which has been sort of materially beaten up this year. If we start to see policy convergence at some point, maybe later next year, then the yen will be a, a standout opportunity. And I think in general, over the next 12 months, we will be looking to allocate capital into risk assets. So as pricing moves in line with sort of our central scenario of a weaker economic backdrop, we will be allocating a notable amount of capital, we believe, next year into risk assets. Ian, thank you very much for your analysis. Ian Cunningham is co-head of multi-asset growth at 91 in London. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider.